Have you ever wondered what happens to food that gets manufactured and grown but not used? Here's what I mean. So cashews are commonly eaten, right? But did you know that the cashew meat from inside the cashew fruit, which is normally thrown out, is a single ingredient organic product that tastes amazingly like meat with a similar consistency? Yeah. So the truth is a lot of food gets wasted in the food manufacturing process. And all of this wasted food presents an opportunity to create exciting new items and categories. June 24th is National Upcycling Day. And in this episode, I spoke with Angie Crone, the CEO of the Upcycled Food Association. To learn more about what upcycling is, the nonprofit's mission, and the crucial role it plays in preventing food from getting wasted. We also dive into why the upcycled certified label is the most important third-party certification to support upcycling integrity and environmentally conscious stewards, and why you should look for it in over 1,400 grocery stores across the country. And hey, you can take the upcycling pledge yourself to reduce waste in your own home and business. Just check it out at eatcleaner.com and chefmarea.com. So let's dig in. Hi, I'm Chef Maria, the Fit Foodie, and this is Recipes for Your Best Life, where we dish about all things related to food, health, and wellness to nourish you from the inside out. I love hosting special guests who are experts in their field. And we also get to talk about topics that are important for your well-being. You'll always get lots of food for thought you can really sink your teeth into. So pull up a chair and welcome to the chef's table. Angie, it's so nice to have you on. Thank you so much for having me. It's really exciting to be here. I loved meeting you at Natural Products Expo West and talking about the Upcycled Food Association and, you know, what the organization is doing. Can you give us a little bit of background on it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the Upcycled Food Association is the only industry food association that is dedicated to sort of accelerating the creation of delicious and nutritious upcycled food products. And so we were formed in 2019 uh, by nine companies who were all working in this space. So all working to find creative ways to use byproducts in the food system. And they wanted to come together to share resources, share knowledge, um, and really unify, like, what does it mean to be upcycled? And so we started there um, from there, we defined upcycling. We created a standard, the first ever of its kind, uh, for sort of stewarding that definition. And then, you know, fast forward three and a half years later, we're now 260 companies all working in this upcycling food space. And we also have, you know, our certification in the market where there's over 400 products and ingredients that have certification. And the really cool thing about our work is that upcycling is such a crucial solution to reducing food waste and mitigating the climate crisis. And so that really is what like sort of binds us all together. I love how fast you've grown. I mean, it's amazing in just a few years, how many companies have signed on. How did you get into this space? Is your background in food as well? It is. So I actually grew up on a farm. So I started young. 
Um, <laughs> but that sort of led me to uh, sort of, you know, more uh, my education is in environmental science and policy. I have worked over the last decade in the consumer packaged goods space, really driving, um, with working with mission-driven companies, working on sort of ethical sourcing and certification programs. Um, so I have worked with some, you know, the most beloved brands like Numi Organic Tea and Imperfect Foods. Um, and then I spent several years with Fairtrade USA. So working in that third-party certification space. Um, and just have a love for the supply chain and growing food and getting to work with really innovative, forward-thinking companies who are trying to use their business for good and not just for profit. I love that. And you know what? Your major is exactly what my daughter's major is. She's going to graduate from UC Davis, so I'm going to give her another career idea. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, when I was doing it, it was we weren't a huge cohort and I, and I think that's changed, which is really exciting. Um, so I'm glad to hear more people going into this field and it's so needed. We still have a lot of work to do. It it really is needed. And I want to just kind of zero in a little bit more on the environmental impact, you know, why, why should people care? I mean, why is upcycling an important, I, I would call it a social mission, Yeah. Yeah. Well, some people may have already heard this statistic, but we waste about 30 to 40% of all food that's produced, meaning it never reaches a a table or a person. So that equals globally about 1.3 billion tons of food that is valued at about a trillion dollars. That's enough food to feed the world's 800 million food insecure people twice over. So wasting food to me is, yes, it's a huge environmental problem because when you waste food, you're also wasting the water that went into it, the cropland that was probably converted to grow that food, um, all of the fuel that's needed to transport it around, uh, the human resources that went into it. Um, and then it never gets eaten. It, it just, it's kind of a silly problem to have. Um, and it also holds so much potential. So, uh, when we waste food, it, you know, and it decomposes, goes to a landfill, it creates methane. Methane's 80 times more powerful than CO2 in the atmosphere. Um, over, you know, the first 20 years that it's in the, in the air, And so by reducing food waste, we're also able to reduce the amount of methane that's being produced in the short term, which gives us even more runway to mitigate the climate crisis. So yes, it's environmental, it's social, it's ethical, um, and it's a really creative space to be working on solutions in. Mm, I love that it's solution-oriented. And, you know, the fact that rotting food is the number one cause of methane emissions is staggering to me because not only do we have hungry people out there, we have, you know, this environmental crisis and we can all take a part. And so what, you know, can we just dive into what upcycling means exactly? Is it food that, you know, has, reached its peak and, you know, maybe it's a little bit past its prime or is it food that's rescued? Like, let's, let's kind of just define what I upcycled means when it, when we're talking about food. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, 
we have a pretty technical definition that we use as an industry to be able to sort of audit against it. And so I'm going to give that one, then I'm going to break it down really simply. So um, the more technical definition is upcycled foods are foods that, you know, otherwise would have not gone to human consumption, um, that they're produced using verifiable supply chains, and they have a positive environmental impact. Now, what does that actually mean? It means that it's any food within the supply chain that wouldn't have gone into a human sort of uh, product at the end of it. So this could look like at the farm level, ugly produce. The market is not there for a lot of ugly produce. So even by taking that and sort of turning it into a marketable product, it's a form of upcycling. Um, moving up into the supply chain, uh, thinking about our production processes, there's often these byproducts or what we call co-products or side streams um, to, to the production of products. So let's say for an example, beer. Um, in the process of beer making, there's a lot of spent grain, which we like to refer to as saved grain, um, that is really nutritious, um, has a lot of fiber that can be captured and turned into flowers. Um, so Upcycling is sort of taking those co-products and then rethinking them, reimagining them and turning them into something else that is edible. And then if you want to bring it to your own kitchen, you're probably upcycling a lot of the time. You're just thinking that you're using your leftovers or your scraps. And so, you know, if you're take, if you're keeping the, the stems of your carrots and other scraps and you're turning them into a broth, that's technically a form of upcycling. Because if you didn't do that, where would it end up? It would end up in the landfill or your compost. But what you're doing instead is you're keeping that nutrition and you're keeping that food in, in your own consumption supply chain. So that's essentially what upcycling is. Do you ever wake up in the middle of the night in a hot sweat? I used to until I discovered Cozy Earth. They make the yummiest bedding, clothing, towels, so many things from 100% viscose from bamboo. It's perfect for sleeping because it helps to regulate and wick moisture away to keep you comfy. It's also the softest fabric I've ever had next to my body. It's durable and machine washable, and it's ethically produced, which is huge. They pride themselves on their ethical production, and I'll tell you, I have so many things from Cozy Earth, from sheets to bedding to towels to robes, pajamas, shorts, tops, dresses, and they are my absolute favorite items. You can get 40% off at Cozy Earth right now. Just head over to CozyEarth.com and use my code CE for Cozy Earth dash Maria I. 40% off. Plus, some of Oprah's favorite things, and you know, the queen knows. My kids would um, will love hearing this because I, they call me the queen of it. Um, I don't throw anything away. And Incredible. I, like maybe to a fault, sometimes they're like, really mom, like uh. you got to put <laughs> that banana peel in the banana bread. But you know, what I find is that it's creative, you know, yeah. I think come up with solutions to use foods and ingredients that maybe never had a, a chance to see the light of day. We, we use our creativity too. Mm -hmm. I participated in a really cool event, a chef event in San Diego several years ago, ago called Wasted. And it, it, the same philosophy, they challenged a chefs to use 
items that would normally get thrown away and produce beautiful food. And that's when I got exposed to using aquafaba, you know, creating aquafaba from garbanzo beans. I think I mentioned that a concept to you. And, um, you know, we ended up sampling a really delicious banana bread where we used the peels in the banana bread and we used cacao, um, the actual cacao hulls mm. and mount down and added them. And it's almost like, it tastes like little cacao nibs. Yeah. So it just, it ended up being so much more interesting and, and there was a story there. So what that excites me personally. Yeah. I mean, I get excited about the creativity of what we can do and how we can certainly divert things. But what about this initiative excites you? And and what do you think people can kind of get excited about? Because let's be honest, not everybody will change their habits or even be aware of their habits unless it kind of hits something on a personal note for them. Maybe they won't, maybe they won't be as motivated, you know, to keep food out of the landfill, although they should, but what can they be excited about with regards to upcycling that can relate to their lifestyle? Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say that the thing that really gets me excited too is also that sort of like creative problem solving, um, and how you can really think about new innovations and try new things. So I love sort of the adventurous spirit that the upcycling community has. Um, And then I think even just thinking about food that is wasted differently does something bigger in our society. It really makes us think about the quality and the value that we put on to our natural resources. Um, and the things that we create and how we want to use them. So even if you're not able to upcycle every single thing in your kitchen, because you don't have the time and there's other things going on, that's okay. It's also just a way of thinking, of sort of rethinking, how do we live within our planet? Um, Mm -hmm. And then if that isn't the thing that gets you out of bed, it's also a great way to save money. So we waste a lot of food. When we waste food, we're wasting all the resources, but we're also wasting money. And so if you can even think about it, I think we're all feeling the, the sort of pressures of this economy and yes. uh, of inflation. And so if you can squeeze another meal out of your leftovers, you know, that adds up over the course of a year. Definitely. I think the financial impact is something everybody can yeah. get excited about. And, you know, I, I think rescuing um, something just get, makes you feel good. Um, yeah. I was at Sprouts the other day and they have a table that um, is dedicated to companies that are, you know, doing ugly produce or, you know, um, imperfect produce. And I always shop from there. And I just, I got like a pack of five big bell peppers for $2.99. Yeah. And looking at them visually, I mean, so maybe they're a little misshapen or, you know, maybe one is a little bit small and one's a little large. I don't care. Mm -hmm. To me, I would have paid, you know, probably if I would have bought those individually, they would have been around $2 each. So that me was a big win. I mean, so I think everybody can get behind saving a little money. And, you know, I always say produce isn't perfect and neither are we. 
Yeah, exactly. And I think just to add, you know, a number to the amount, I think that the stat is that the average American family of four throws out about $1,600 a year just in produce. So if you think about the number of coffees that can buy or, you know, tanks of gas or, you know, whatever it is, that that $1,600, it you don't feel it acutely every single day. But when we do look at it across the, the span of a year, it, it really does add up. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So with that, how can people at home start to think about upcycling? I mean, obviously supporting the brands that are upcycled certified is a great start, but what about just in their homes? How is there, you know, are there some tips that the UFA offers or just some rules of thumb there that we can give to people listening? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, if we're thinking about specifically upcycling what's in your fridge or in your pantry. There are um, really great cookbooks. Um, One of the ones that I've been perusing lately is The Everlasting Meal Meal by Tamar Adler. Um, She doesn't waste a thing. So even just getting inspiration from resources like that, I think can help you be more creative in the kitchen. Um, And then if you have leftovers, you know, maybe you have a family challenge, you do your own version of chopped. So how can you turn this into also a way to sort of bond with your family um, and sort of have fun with it? Waste doesn't have to be a shameful thing. It can be like a really fun, a creative activity. Um, So those are two things that are really specific to upcycling, but there are other ways that you can also reduce potential of wasting food in your home. So one is learning proper food storage. So there are um, really great resources online that you can access that sort of say, you know, it's better if you keep your bananas on the counter or, you know, your avocados in a brown paper bag or, um, you know, don't store your apples and your onions together. Um, You can also take inventory before you shop. So I'm guilty of this too. Sometimes I forget that I have something in the back of my fridge and I buy it again. And now I have two of them and one of them is going to go bad. Um, There's also, you know, if you're going to have a party, offer to go containers for your party guests. You know, I have definitely been in that position where you have all this food left over and there's no way you can eat it. Um, And so, you know, think about how you can encourage your guests to take things away um, and then of course, yeah, when you're out shopping too, also, you know, look for those, those brands with the certification that can help you reduce food waste just by purchasing sort of your favorite snacks or your, you know, your standard staples. Mm-hmm. The last thing I would say is trust your nose. So a lot of date labels are actually not regulated and they're more of a, a signal of, of a manufacturer's quality preferences. And so also learn to trust your senses, you know, um, smell the thing, taste it, look at it, um, and getting comfortable with that instead of going by what's exactly on the uh, the date code is also a useful way to save money and uh, reduce less wasted food. Yeah. I, I I agree with all that. And I will add, um, we created a line of products called Eat Cleaner. And everybody listening that knows me, uh, this this is old news, but if you're new, um, you can check out eatcleaner.com and find a range of products that are actually formulated to extend your produce shelf life. So when you bring your produce home, you can wash it 
get it prepped and it's going to help it last up to five times longer, which is a big deal when it comes to, you know, keeping your produce ready to eat, because how often do you grab it? It's already built slime on it. It's died a slow death in your crisper, suffocating in a plastic bag. You know, there's a different way to approach it. So we encourage people to check that out. And also we created a fun free resource called Save the Peels. And Save the Peels is all about how you can use the peels of your fruit and vegetables in different preparations from food to um, very cool. Yeah. Creating aromatherapy to, you know, all kinds of different fun, even skincare, you know, that the inside of a banana peel is one of the best ways to give yourself a facial. I have heard that. I yes. haven't done it yet. It works. It? I do okay. it, <laughs> Try it. because we eat a lot of bananas. So uh, yeah. I'll take banana peel and I'll even freeze them. So when I take them out, they're frozen. So it gives you like a nice little lift. And I'll just rub mm-hmm. it all over my face and it helps to soften it. it helps to lift brown spots. Like it works. Wow. That's yeah. really cool. I mean, nature knows, right? Yes. <laughs> she knows what we need. Yes. There's so much that we can have fun doing, rubbing banana peels all over our faces. Yeah. Another fun so, family activity. Yeah, exactly. So what, you know, for the for the customer or for the the brands out there, I should say, that are like, you know. I have a brand or maybe I want to create a brand and I want to be upcycled certified, you know, how do they go about getting started? Yeah. So the first thing, you know, the easiest thing is just to connect directly with our association. So go to upcycledfood.org and then we have um, basically an interest form there for certification um, you know, what to expect. So we work with a third-party certifying body that adds a lot of rigor and that sort of like outside um, objective auditing assurance. Um, so they will walk you through the process of really evaluating what you're diverting from waste. And so I would say the the crux of the certification, both for the consumer and for the company, is to know that the one thing that we're really looking at is like what was happening to that food source, that ingredient that you're using before your product existed. So was it going into animal feed or compost or a landfill? And then what did your intervention change about that? So that's really what we're we're looking at. And that's what provides the assurance like, yes, this food is diverting food from a you know waste stream and keeping those nutrients in the human sort of supply chain, if you will. Have you ever wondered, is rinsing my produce with the water that comes out of the sink that I don't even drink enough to really clean it? Well, then you're one of the smartest people I know because you're absolutely right. It's not enough. That's why we created the only all-natural and patented line of food wash and wipes, and it's called Eat Cleaner. It's tasteless, odorless, and lab-tested, and it removes up to 99.9% of the residue that water can't, including pesticides, wax, soil, and junk that can carry bacteria that can really make you sick. Plus, we formulated it to help extend the shelf life of your fresh produce too, and that'll save you money. When your berries are lasting up to 10, 12 days, you know that's a good thing. It helps your produce last up to five times longer using a natural blend of fruit acids and antioxidants. 
So there's no chemicals. It's just clean eating fun. And this can help save your family an average of over $500 per year. Make it easy on yourself, reduce waste, and get that fruit and veggies into your body where it's going to do you a lot of good and not in the trash. Check us out, eatcleaner.com or head to our Amazon store at amazon.com forward slash eatcleaner. And so when you talk about items that would have ended up in a feedlot, for example, or um, maybe they would have been, you know, turned into some sort of oil or something of that nature. Are you saying that diverting some of those into potentially a new category is encouraged? Or I guess I'm, I'm trying to kind of understand, and this is more of maybe my own question, if it's already going to a purpose, is coming up with a new use for it helpful? Or is it really being more innovative and trying to divert other items? Yeah, I think that the the problem of food waste is so big that we need all of the solutions, mm-hmm. right? So sometimes going into animal feeder food lot is more optimal than where it was going before, like a landfill, for instance. Um, at the, our current philosophy is that we really want to try to keep food that was produced for humans in the human food supply chain in a direct sort of way. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if it's possible that that grain, or I think a really great example is, um, acid whey, which is the byproduct of sort of Greek yogurt making. There's a lot of whey that's left over. This is really nutritious, lots of available nutrients. That goes into whey protein powders, for example? Sometimes, yeah. And uh, But a lot of that whey is just, it's spread on fields or it's literally flushed down the drain. Hmm. We are seeing companies capture that, turn it into a really nutritious probiotic drink, fermenting it you know, pairing it with these like beautiful, like culinary flavors, um, and then selling that. So that is upcycling. You're saying, oh, you're no longer flushing that. You're no longer just spreading it in this like more passive way onto a field. Mm -hmm. We're now turning this into a beverage. You know, I think the future of upcycling is, um, from our perspective is also starting to look at these other sort of outcomes for food and saying, okay, look, what, what is the scale of impact that can be had there? And what's the value of providing that sort of verification along the supply chain for the buyers of that end product? Um, I think where we started was really seeing um, the need for consumers to get more familiar with this idea and provide an easy way for companies to be able to communicate with that consumer and also an easy way for that consumer to feel sort of uh, trust and uh, feel like, very confident that what they were buying was good for the environment, like was actually having these sort of social and environmental outcomes. Is the goal of the Upcycled Food Association to really be something like certified organic, for example, where, you know, people have built a trust because there is, you know, all of this rigorous kind of, you know, checking and balancing and making sure that you know, they're doing what they're supposed to be doing and certified by a third party organization. Is that kind of what people can expect? Yeah, absolutely. It's, 
um, definitely providing that, you know, that source of truth, that um, confirmation that this isn't just a claim, like this is actually proven and it has a rigorous process behind it as well. Yeah. Where can people find upcycled certified products? Yeah. So we have grown a lot. So the certification launched in 2021. It was a very crazy time if anyone remembers that far back. Um, so we launched in the middle of the pandemic and uh, we now have grown from, you know, having one product on the market in May, 2021 to now having 434 products. Um, and you can find those pretty much in every category in the grocery store. So you know, in your snacks category and your beverages and your baking and your, you know, your jams and jellies. Um, and you can find them at online grocers like Misfits Market, but also in stores like Whole Foods, um, Kroger, Sprouts, um, and, you know, lots of independents as well. So if you even just go to your grocer and you ask them like what upcycle certified products you have, they'll be able to point you in the right direction because they're literally in every category now. What, what what is your goal for the organization? What would you like to see in five years? Oh, well, we want to see, uh, this is a tough question. I have so many hopes and dreams. Um, I would really love to see substitutions for our common pantry staples. So if there's a baking mix, ensuring that there's a substitution that's using upcycled products. Um, so ensuring that sort of we're balancing out that need for new and perfect with upcycled as well in mm. literally every stable category. The other thing I want to see, I want to see more retailers coming on board and setting standards around their sourcing um, that includes sort of this circular economy ethos um, and sourcing more brands that are producing these sorts of products, but also in their own sort of private label because they have such a huge opportunity to make a big environmental impact through their supply chains. And so, you know, at the end of the day, our North Star is getting the most food saved from waste as possible. To date, we've been able to save 2 billion pounds of food through these products that have sought certification. We can do more. So I want to see that number, you know, triple and quadruple, you know, exponentially year over year. What if I told you there's a completely natural way to get better skin, reduce inflammation and pain, enhance brain function, help with cardiovascular health, improve circulation, heal wounds faster, and even ease depression without a pill or lifting a finger, and no negative side effects? I have just one thing to say, let there be light. This magic little apparatus is called the Loom Box. And it's a high-powered portable red light and near-infrared unit that harnesses the incredibly powerful benefits of light, near-infrared and red light wavelengths to be exact. And I love that it takes just 10 to 12 minutes to do its magic. I literally use it daily for exercise recovery, pain management, treating fine lines and wrinkles, and even with my mood. It's helped me and my family in so many ways. This is the ultimate biohealth hack I lean into, and I know it will help you. Receive $250 off with my code, Chef Maria at theloombox.com. That's the 
L-U-M-E-Box.com. Yeah, I would love, I'll tell you what I'd love to see. I'd love to see a dedicated area in the grocery store for upcycled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. mean, let me go and really focus my dollars on the things that matter and have yeah. them located in a place in the store where I can just shop from them. That That's what I would love to see. Yeah, I would love that too. And um, we're hoping to to do some sort of test around that. We we have done one um, activation with Moms Organic and the and the um, sort of uh, Northeast region. Um, they have done some really great education in store around upcycling, and we definitely want to see that happening across retail uh, retailers and and also with you know distributors. Um, you know, when you go to a restaurant there's normally a food distributor behind how those restaurants are getting their food. So ensuring that they're able to also find upcycled products and sort of those ingredients um, sure. and bring those into the restaurant is another exciting opportunity area. I love it. Well, you can, everybody listening, you can find more about the Upcycled Food Association in the show notes where we'll share the links and how can people connect with you on social media also? Yeah, so you can follow us on Instagram. Our um, handle is Upcycled Foods. Uh, so you can follow us there. You can also go to our website. We It's at upcycledfood.org. We have a product finder as well. So you can take a look at all of the different brands and types of products. Um, and yeah, reach out too. If you, if you have any questions, info at upcycledfood.org. We'd love to answer them. Yes. And I always close out our time together by asking my guest a question. And that question is, if you could have anything, any meal created by anyone, what would the meal be and who would make it? Oh, wow. This is a tough question. Okay. Um, Well, okay. So I, I mentioned I grew up on a farm. Um, and my grandparents were really the, the big farmers in our family. And so I think I would want my late grandmother to make us her famous New Year's Day dinner, which included boiled shrimp, black eyed peas, cornbread and greens, a lot of which had been harvested and canned in the summertime and put aside for the winter. So I would love for to taste that again um, and sit around the table with her. I can taste it just listening to you. It's Good delicious. It sounds incredible. Angie, this has been such a pleasure. Thank you for sharing more about upcycling and how as listeners, consumers, people that are passionate about the environment, how we can help support that and spread the word and let people know that there is another option out there. And I'm sure we'll be talking more because the brands that you're working with are very interesting to me. So we'll keep the conversations flowing. Yeah. Thank you so much for the opportunity. And um, this has been a great conversation and yeah, there's just so much exciting stuff and um, uh, looking forward to the continued conversation and what happens next. Thank you. Hey, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. I know you have a lot of choices out there of what to listen to, what to watch, so it means a lot to me that you're here with me. And hey, if you love this content, would you hit the subscribe button? 
I want you around. I don't want you to just show up for one episode and leave. I want you here, part of the conversation, a seat at this table. And while you're at it, would you share this with your friends and family? And if you take a screenshot and share it on your social media with a hashtag RFYBL for recipes for your best life, I'll make sure to personally give you a shout out and you may just be featured right here on the show. So until next time, here's to living deliciously and being the chef of your best life.